Look, being successful is hard, but to stay successful is super, super hard. Matter of fact, just recently I finished a book by Jim Collins, not good to great, a different one that I want to share with everybody. I think everybody in today's economy has to read this book. He doesn't talk about the keys to success. He talks about the five stages that entrepreneurs, business owners, CEOs go through that eventually causes them to go out of business. And we're going to talk about that today. We're about to go out of business. I'm panicking. This is how much money I got in savings. My employees are complaining about this. I'm going through that, whether it's real estate, mortgage, it doesn't matter, many different industries that they're calling me, but the book explains five stages. Let me share with you what prompted us to want to make this video. So many business people today that we're consulting or calling us talking about, Pat, I think we're done. I don't think we can do anything else right now to save our business. And I'm telling you right now, 90% of people who say that, you're not done yet. Stage number five, for some of you that are there, you are done. But 90% of you are not done. I'll explain to you what the stage number five is. For the right person watching this, you're going to call this the best video you watch with Valuetainment for years. So let's get right into it. By the way, I challenge you to watch this with an open mind because some of the stuff I say, it's going to be directed to you and it's going to sting. It's going to be hard. And probably nobody is telling you any of this stuff, but I'm going to be telling you this stuff if you are in this situation and hopefully you'll do about it. Because the same way a person doesn't become successful overnight is the same way the person doesn't go out of business overnight. There's certain things and behaviors you and I do that causes this business to get to that level. So out of the five stages, okay, once you reach stage number five, you're going out of business. That's when it's death and capitulation of your business. We'll get to that here in a minute. But most of the time, you can save your business. So let's go through it. The author, Jim Collins, writes a book called How to Mighty Fall. In How to Mighty Fall, he explains these five different stages that businesses go through. Stage number one, he calls it the hubris born of success. So, so what does this mean? Look, this is a phase where you're winning, you're doing great, everybody's telling you're amazing, you're living in a nice place, driving the nice cars, have money in the bank, eating at the right places. You start saying things like, we didn't get lucky, it was 100% me, we're the best, no one's better than us, and all of a sudden you become entitled to success. Like, an almost entitlement feeling of success is always going to be here. We're never going to lose it because we're smarter than everybody else. That phase, when you go through that phase, bad things are about to happen next. So this stage is when you start kind of feeling like, let me tell you, we won because we're smarter than everybody. We're better than everybody. We're stronger than everybody. You become overly confident and it's seen. And so you become entitled to success. We're going to deserve the next level of success. We didn't get lucky. It was all us. It's 100% hard work. It's because of this. And then you get a casual a little bit. You show up a little bit later. You are no longer that intentional. Your level of paranoia drops. You put your guard down. And that, unfortunately, leads to the next stage. Stage number two, undisciplined pursuit of more. And, and what does pursuit of more mean? What's wrong with being pursuit of more? Aren't we supposed to be ambitious about going more? Yes, but... The mindset becomes, hey, more innovation, more innovation, more innovation. That's what we got to do rather than, hey, let's take what we got here and let's go deep with it. The other day I had a meeting uh, four weeks ago with our guys and I went upstairs and I said, listen, guys, we keep trying to add more companies and more products and more everything. Here's all I want to do. These are the products that we have. These are the companies that we're running. I don't want anything else. How can we take these things deeper and what can we get rid of? Okay. Rubbermaid, a company, a case study that the author talks about in the book is they had a few different products that were killing it. All of a sudden they went from having a few different products. They went so wide that they couldn't go deeper to scale. They said, we're going to produce one new product every day. 
Three years later, they have a thousand products. How do you manage a thousand products? How do you drive a thousand different products? Steve Jobs, after he got fired the second time around that he came back, he looked at all these different products Apple had. They're about to go out of business. Nope, focused. High-end computer that's going to be more, you know, that can do more than low, than cost for. This is what we're doing. This is what we're selling. These are our customers. Let's stay focused on this. And then Apple came back up and then it introduced the iPad, the all the other stuff. So as much as innovation is good, over-innovation of going too wide ends up leading to lack of focus. Stage number three, denial of risk and peril. And by the way, this one's a little bit interesting because... This is when, you know how typically you're doing a leadership meeting and you talk about data. Well, let me tell you what we did last month. Well, let me tell you what we did last month. And let me tell you what we did last month. Let me tell you what we did last quarter. Let me tell you what we did last year. Leaders don't want to touch data anymore. And everything becomes, guys, we have to stay positive. We can't look at the negative stuff. The authors explain, let me read you exactly how he reads it. He says, the leaders of the company upsell the positives and ignore the negatives. Does this sound familiar to you within your business? If it does... You may be at stage three. You're concerned about what's going on, and your key guys are sitting there saying, does our leader have the audacity to talk about what things we need to improve? Because I need some real data. The company at this phase stops paying attention to the negative data and what solutions to come in. They just kind of look this way, avoiding all the issues that I have here on this side. Stage number four, grasping for salvation. At this phase, let me tell you what's going on so this kind of makes sense to you. At this stage, everyone knows the client is here. Employees, customers, maybe even the market. You can no longer hide it by just talking about the positives. People know something is going on. No matter how much you try to hide it, you can't do it. So now you as the leader are exposed. So you sit there like, oh my God, what do we do? Hey, let's hire McKinsey. They can solve our problems. Let's bring them in. Let's hire the next consulting company. Let's bring those guys in. Let's do something for sale. Let's do the next creative campaign. Let's just try this and let's just try that. And let's just do this and let's just do that. And you're panicking. And everybody's like panicking, 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 anxiety, 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 anxiety. And you're like, oh my, rather than wanting to go back to the basic fundamentals, which when I tell you the story of what this female CEO of Xerox did, you're going to sit there and say, this makes a lot of sense. But everybody wants to get too, you know, trying to figure out a quick fix. And the last thing you're looking at is what got us to this point? We're spending way too much time thinking about what we do. We, we forgot why the hell were we doing what we were doing. The why becomes the last thing on your mind. All you're starting to think about is a quick fix. And unfortunately, if you stay in that stage for too long, you go to stage number five. And stage number five is capitulation to irrelevance or death. And what does this mean? You're about to go out of business. And why? Here's what happens. Hope, the whole word of hope, Hope of future, having faith things are going to work itself out, that's completely gone. People are afraid. They get tight with money. Money start to go. Employees are getting afraid. Employees are starting to quit. And one day you're sitting there saying, oh my God, what do we do now? And it's too late. You're out of business. If you're watching this, and this just kind of give you a heavy, heavy feeling right here, I understand. I've been there too. It sucks. It's not a lot of fun. But I'm telling you. There's a high chance you're not at stage number five yet. You're probably at three or four, but thank God you're watching this video to get this content for yourself. So in this situation, what do you do? Well, let me tell you the story of Xerox, okay, with this lady named Anne Mulcahy. Anne Mulcahy got started with Xerox in 1976. She started working there, okay? 24 years later, she was in sales for 16 years. She was just a field rep is what she was. 24 years later, August of 2001, the board comes up to her and says, hey, Anne Mulcahy, yes, 
we kind of want to make you the CEO. And she's like, oh my God, you're making me the CEO? Do you realize when you're making me the CEO? Yeah, we kind of want you to be the CEO. No problem, I'll take it. Great attitude, simple woman, high energy, came from sales. She understood the hard work that salespeople put in. She respected salespeople. She was always in the field shaking hands. Hey, how you guys doing? You guys good? You guys talking to customers? When she took over as a CEO, you ready? The company had only $100 million in cash. This is a one. Now, keep in mind, some people may say, Pat, $100 million, that's a lot of money in cash. Yes, you have $100 million in cash, but you got $19 billion of debt. Let me say that one more time. $19 billion of debt. You have $100 million of cash. Just to put that in perspective, that means you got $190,000 of credit card debt, but you only have $1,000 in the bank. How would you feel? And they said, here you go. You're officially the CEO of Xerox. And she comes in. What the hell do we do? The year she became the CEO, Xerox lost $376 million in 01. So she sat there. Rather than getting super, super creative, she went back, remembered what she did in sales. She went back telling the story, selling the dream, selling the vision, going back to the basic fundamentals, talking to everybody with this mission, getting excited about what worked. We don't need 50 new products. We don't need 100 new products. We don't need to go hire all these consultants and spend our money thinking about that these are the guys that are going to save us the money. She went in and she went back to basic fundamentals. And people started feeling her hope, her excitement, her enthusiasm. Couple years later, they had net profits of a billion dollars. Couple years later, she was recognized as the CEO of the year by Chief Executive Magazine. She was number six in Woman of the Year on Forbes Magazine. She was on so many different lists. She talked at Harvard. She next thing you know, she's sitting on the board of City. Everybody wanted to work with this lady because they brought someone who understood the basic fundamentals. She was excited. She was enthusiastic. She unified. She brought people together, saying yes. We have these mistakes. Yes, these are real numbers. Yes, we're $19 billion in debt. Yes, we only have $100 million in cash, but we can do something about it. And that energy became infectious. So now, if you're watching the same, well, Pat, how do we find people like this? The book explains the five qualities you look for, specific people that help you take the company to the next level. I'm going to share with you what those five qualities are. All right, so the five qualities Jim Collins talks about are the following. Number one, look for people who fit with company values. A lot of times you may find a very talented person but they don't fit the company values, it's not gonna work out. By the way, while you're in this situation, we're like, what do we do next with the company? These are also the five qualities you're looking for to help take the company to the next level. But he's talking about that. You also look at this while you're hiring everybody. So again, number one, look for people that fit the company values. Number two, the right people don't need to be tightly managed. If you're overly managing somebody constantly to see what they're doing, they're not the right people. The right people, they just say, here's a job, here's what we're doing, they're gonna go get the job done. They don't have to constantly be tightly managed. Number three, they don't look at the job as a job. They look at it as purely a responsibility. They take it personally to say, hey man, that's my job, it's on me, I'm gonna get this fixed, don't worry about it, I got it. There's a certain feeling where it's like, oh, it's not my job, I didn't do this, it's not on me, I don't have to do anything this. It's purely a responsibility. They're like, oh, I can't believe we're working this. Those types of things don't come out of their mouth. All they think about is, it's my responsibility. We're going to get it done. Number four, they fulfill their commitment. They keep to you and they're very careful to never overcommit. So a lot of times you may have certain people that are going to tell you, I think we're going to do this. And they constantly fall short. I think we're going to do this. And they constantly fall short. I look at it as a test we take in school. What's an A? 90% or higher, B is 80% or higher, C is 70% or higher, D is 60% or higher, anything below 60% is what? Fail. If a person tells me, Pat, I think we're going to do $3 million this month, 
They do 2.7 million. That's 90% of what they said they're going to do. That's still an A. Of course, you want them to do what? 3.1 million, but that's still in the A category. But if somebody says, we're going to do $3 million this month, and they do 1.2 million, that's fail. And if they continuously tell you what they're going to be doing and they keep failing, that's not somebody they can rely on long-term. You want people that give you a number that's not easy. It's a stretch, but they do whatever they can within their power energy to keep their work to come through for the company. Number five, passionate about their work and not just passionate about their work like, oh, this person loves what they're doing with their jobs. Not that. They don't need all the shine. They don't need all the credit. They constantly want to give the shine to other people. Let me tell you what this person did. Let me tell you what Johnny did. Hey, I got to tell you, hey, hey, Jack, great job with your project and what you guys did. No, Pat, it was great. But let me tell you, Larry was here with us till midnight. Johnny was here till with us till midnight. Do you know what Le- Jackie did the other day? She went out there into the city to get the permits and pa, 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 pa. So they're willing to constantly give that shine. And when it comes down to pressure type situations like this, and Anne Mulcahy, who was just a field rep for 16 years when she got started in 1976, 24 years later, gets nominated by the board to become the CEO, and she becomes the CEO of the year by Chief Executive Magazine, and she's on Forbes as one of the most powerful women in the world. How does this happen? She just started as a sales rep. She had these five qualities, and these five qualities, eventually leaders like this, with these five qualities, are trusted by board or others to say, I think you're ready to take this company to the next level. So there you have it. Now you know what you need to do to not fall under the fifth stage so the future looks bright for someone like you. Two things I want to share with you. Number one, these latest hats just came. We just had a merch drop. What I love about these new hats that we did, this is purely custom, handmade, future looks bright, statement on the side, future looks bright here, and the Vitamin logos on the inside. Everything I want when I was building my business, I had laminations on my shower wall. I had quotes everywhere, in my wallet, on my phone. This statement, future looks bright, I've probably said a few hundred thousand times. I want it everywhere around me. If you haven't yet ordered your own limited edition future looks bright, you can order one of the three or all the colors, black, white, or red. Click here to order the hats. They will sell out in no time. Or second thing I want you to do is watch the video, how to find your running mate. What qualities to look for to find running mates, specifically with these five things that Jim is talking about. If you've never watched that video, click here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. 